swinging, line drive, he's done it. John Means has no hit. The Mariners and the Orioles mob him. The first no-hitter for the Orioles in 30 years. Hello and welcome to Word from the Warehouse. My name is Jordan Wiegand and your Baltimore Orioles are 4-9. and nine. Sit fifth place in the AL East. So we're going to talk about that four-game set with Oakland and look ahead to the set of three games against the Los Angeles Angels. So game one of this four-game set here had... The Orioles score one run. That run came in the fifth inning, while Oakland put one up in the first and four up in the sixth. Your starting pitchers of that game was uh, was uh, Watkins, Spencer Watkins, on the mound against Montes uh, for Oakland. Uh, Watkins went five innings, gave up two hits, one run. Two walks and a strikeout. His ERA sits at 2.25. Crable got the loss. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up three runs with one hit, one walk, and two strikeouts. Uh, Diplin came in and pitched one-third of an inning, gave up two hits and one run. And then Aiken came in to close it out. Two innings pitched, one strikeout. There's your Baltimore Orioles pitching for the Monday game. Oakland had Montes go six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, and five strikeouts. Acevedo pitched an inning, gave up two hits. Grimm came in and pitched an inning, gave up one hit. And Jimenez came in and pitched one inning, gave up two hits. So you go, that's the Monday night game that we just talked about there. Let's go ahead and look at the Tuesday game. Athletics win this one 2-1. Orioles score one in the top of the first. And then do not score again. Six inning, Oakland scores two times. This was a Ellis start. He had just been caught up. Chris Ellis, uh, he had just been caught up. He made a start for the team. Bauman came in uh, as well, Batista and Perez. Ellis went four and one-thirds inning, gave up four hits, no runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Bauman came in, pitched one and two-thirds, gave up two hits, gave up two runs, and a walk and two strikeouts. Batista pitched a clean inning, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks. And Perez uh, came in and pitched one inning, gave up one hit, one walk, and struck out one. Uh, Irving pitched for Oakland. That's Cole Irvin. He went five innings, gave up six hits, one run, 
two walks, four strikeouts with a 4.32 ERA. Uh, Logue uh, came in and pitched one and one-third inning. Gave up one hit, one walk, one strikeout. Castellani came in and pitched one and two-thirds. Gave up nothing. And Mole came in and pitched two-thirds of an inning. Gave up a hit. Had two strikeouts. And Jackson closed it out in the... uh, in the ninth, gave a uh, got a save, pitched one third of an inning, and got a strikeout. So we'll just uh, talk about all four of these games first, and then we'll kind of go in the stats here. The Wednesday game, the Orioles win this one one nothing. They score that run in the fifth inning. There was a great throwout at home that was originally called safe that uh, the Orioles had to challenge because. The runner had kind of did the swim move where they put the arms kind of like going around to try to touch the base uh, while it looked like uh, Chirinos, I think it was at the time, had tried to... uh, No, I think he left due to injury at that point, so it may have been Ben Boom. But somebody was going to make the tag at home and looked like instead of hitting the arm... They had hit his chest, but there was actually a view that shows they clearly hit the forearm before they hit the guy in the head, and uh, thankfully that was overturned. Oakland's also going to challenge a throwout at third, which didn't make any sense because the Orioles had clearly tagged him out. It was Gutierrez had clearly tagged him out on every camera angle. I'm not sure what they were challenging, but they challenged that, didn't get it. Orioles score one run uh, in this game. They went 0 for 6 in runners in scoring position. Uh, Mullins was caught stealing. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, there was no earned run given up, so it was an error. Which is why nobody got the RBI, uh, which is why they went 0 for 6 in runners in scoring position. But uh, the Orioles get a win. It's the only win they're going to get. They get one out of three here. Uh, so as Gutierrez reached on a fielding error by the shortstop Elvis Andrews, Ryan McKenna scored at that point in the top of the fifth, and that was all of the uh, that was all of the scoring plays there. And then today, today's game wins uh, Thursday, four twenty-one. Oakland wins six to four. Oakland scored two runs in the third. Orioles pulled one back in the fifth. Oakland scores another two. Then in the seventh, Orioles pulled back two more, and then Oakland scores two more, and then the Orioles pulled one back in the eighth. Hayes had two RBIs in this game. Uh, McKenna got one. Odor got... um, So Austin Austin Hayes doubled, uh, which scored Ryan Mountcastle. We had Odor single, a line drive that scored McKenna. We also had Austin Hayes then have another single, which uh, scored Ryan Mountcastle. And then we had in the top of the eighth, Ryan McKenna out on a sacrifice fly, and Cedric Mullins scored. So that's how the O's got all of their runs. This was, you know, actually a pretty decent amount of runs scored in this game because we have not been averaging a bunch of runs, and that's what we're going to mainly focus probably the conversation on today, but let's just go over the pitching stats. Uh, Tyler Wells started for Orioles. He went two and one-third inning, gave up five hits, two runs, 
one strikeout, gave up a home run to Pash, Pache, Christian Pash. He has a 6.75 ERA. Crable came in and pitched one and two-thirds innings, had two strikeouts. Aiken pitched two innings, gave up two hits, two runs, two strikeouts, and a home run. Uh, Tate went one inning and gave up three hits and two runs. Uh, and Lakins came in and pitched an inning, gave up one hit, one strikeout. So maybe the bullpen luck kind of, uh, kind of running out maybe a bit. Maybe it's just a bad game, or maybe they're getting a little overworked. Maybe some of the pitchers are not. Some of the starting pitchers are not going super deep right now. I know part of that is the spring training issue, but at a certain point, I feel like some of these starters are going to have to start going uh, a little longer. Else, this bullpen, who's been fantastic by the way, I'm not saying anything bad about the bullpen, but they're going to get worn out. They're going to get tired. They're going to get overworked, and they're going to start giving up some. Uh, some runs um you know we weren't going to always be able to keep up with with the stats that we had we had had uh so yeah let's let's take a look at the Orioles stats as a team when we look at things like uh runners in scoring position in this series right one for seven on the Monday game 0 for 6 on the 19th. Today, 2 for 8. It's reasonable. (laughs) Yesterday, 0 for 6. We're leaving tons of people on base. Tons of guys left on base. We're, We're not able to get any momentum going. Here's the averages for the team as it stands after today's game. Cedric Mullins batting 196. Santander batting 275. Mancini batting 234. He got tossed out of the game, by the way. We'll talk about that. Mountcastle batting 235. McKenna batting 200. He came in for Mancini. Odor batting 161. Hayes batting 244. He's been hot lately. Urias batting 186. He had a good start to the season. He hasn't really been able to do much since. Ben Boom batting 063. Mateo batting 250. So that's where the averages kind of lie at. Um, so even though Mullins has had a lot of our runs, still only batting 196. A lot of strikeouts this year. Um, Adore batting 161. That's pretty rough. Urias hasn't really been giving anything lately. It sucks. It sucks. Mancini got tossed, and we'll talk about that right now. What happened there was he he beat out a throw due to an error. The ump said he started to turn towards second or made an intent to move to second, and he got tagged out going back to first. Look up the replay. Watch the replay. I tweeted it out as well. If you follow Warehouse Word on Twitter, and on there, uh, it's funny when I was looking at other people who have posted it. I kind of see a lot of people saying, "Well, he shouldn't have turned left," and that's not really the rule. The rule is that you have to actually make a move towards second. Like you have to actually, like, it, it, now here's the thing too. It's a judgment call by the umpire. And that's kind of the issue. 
right? It's, it's a judgment call by the umpires. The umpiring, the umping in this early part of the season has been dreadful. It has been bad. We talked about it when the Yankees played the O's. How many of those balls that were called strikes were out of the strike zone or ones that were in the strike zone were called balls? There was a whole bunch of just constant confusion. I saw a clip on uh, Juan Soto today. The same exact pitch in the same location was once called a strike. The next one, he was going to call it a ball until Soto was marked by the uh, first base uh, or the third base uh, umpires swinging. And you've watched an overlay of them. It lands in the same exact spot. It's not like one is more in the strike zone than the other. And then you have this where if you really look at this, he he's turning left but not to like go anywhere. He does this little weird hop and a skip, but he's going back to the base he was never really anywhere going towards second. He was never like trying to purposely run or go second. It's not like when you see somebody hit a single and they round first and then they have to go back. It was nothing even like that. It was very confusing that you would call this. So Brandon Hyde gets tossed. Mancini gets tossed. I'm glad Brandon Hyde got tossed. I feel like we need to see more of this from him. Sticking up for your guys. Going out there and complaining. I don't think we see a lot of that. I don't know where this team goes, right? Like... Uh, not to get on Brandon Hyde or anything, I'm not sure if he's the guy that's going to lead this team when we're ready to compete. And, you know, I know some people say, well, maybe his, he's not even able to decide the lineup. Like, maybe that's a thing, right? We don't know that, but people are saying, what if that's a thing? Well, if they're not letting him make a lineup for a team that has this little chance of competing, I don't know if they're going to let him make a lineup for a team that has the chance to compete. I feel like this is where you kind of let your manager see if they know how to manage, right? So if that is the case, then I'm not so sure I see them giving him the reins for a team. I think maybe he would have next year for sure. I think Brandon Hyde is probably getting next year to say, you're going to have a more talented team. You're going to have Grayson Rodriguez. You're going to have uh, D.L. Hall. You're going to have Adley Rutschman. Maybe a Jordan Westberg or you know, uh, Joey Ortiz or somebody that's going to be in the infield that's going to be more exciting to watch than Rognan at a door. So maybe that'll be the case. And then if that doesn't work out, then maybe they would move on from him. But, uh, you know, it was good to see him have some fight. It was good to see him go out there and argue because I feel like sometimes he doesn't even challenge things when they should be challenged, borderline stuff or you know, and again, we don't know who makes all those decisions, but uh, it was just good to kind of see him go out there and stick up for Trey, who, uh, you know, I think this was a really bad call. I, and like I said, seeing on some of the comments, people saying, well, you know, even little leaguers know not to do that. There was barely any movement. I, I mean, he really is just trying to, from what I see, he sees the ball passes him and he does this turn to his left, but he's going back to the base. He's not like turning to go to second you can turn to your left you don't always have to turn right after you go through first it's just that there has to be intent to go to second i didn't see any here 
I see a lot of people that are not Orioles fans saying they don't see that either. Then I see some people saying they do. Now, what I will say is obviously the first base coach is telling Trey in this video, touch the bag, touch the bag. He's pointing to the base and he's like, hey, hey, like, just get back here. And for whatever reason, Mancy is not really paying attention or he doesn't really think it's he obviously made a move towards so in his mind he didn't have any thought of even going to second so he's just kind of walking back the catcher comes over and tags him right before he gets his foot on the base like literally right before in this sense it's frustrating bad call i would also like to see mancini be more aware of they're gonna try to put the tag on me i gotta get back to the base no matter if it makes it look like he was guilty of turning third second or not then at that point just get back on the base and let's go but ultimately i don't think it matters i don't think i, I don't think we win this game with that anyway it's just it just sucks to see uh bad calls you know no matter who the team is it just sucks to see bad calls all season that we've been seeing in this first two weeks of the season just bad call after bad call really bad strike calls really bad uh you know just everywhere calls if there was only a way to kind of get rid of some of these like judgment calls right and that's tough that'd be tough to do i don't know how you would even do that but it's something that i think hurts a lot that when you're leaving it in the hands of somebody to make the decision that's why you'll have people say well don't leave it in their hands then like just make sure you're not turning that way and i agree with that too i guess um but that's not what the rule is so i'd like the ump to actually know what the rule is but, yeah, giving them a judgment call is always rough. Because sometimes the umps do want the spotlight on them. Or maybe, I don't know. Because, you know, there's there's sometimes where you have umps that, you know, will get accosted and stuff because of this stuff, which is ridiculous. You don't want to ever... Look, if they make a bad call, they make a bad call. Maybe they should be fine or something. But there should be no actual retribution in the sense of physical violence or threats or anything like some people go to. It's just not called for. So, they go out to the West Coast. They drop three out of four. They win one. The team ERA is pretty good. The team itself, pitching-wise, has been pretty good. Today was kind of more of an exception, giving up six runs. But the pitching has been a bright spot. It's been a bright spot. While the offense cannot get anything going. They were averaging like two runs a game at this point. And if we look at the standings, out of the... 13 games that the Orioles have played. They've scored 28 runs. 28. That's the lowest. That's the lowest. The The next lowest is Kansas City with 31, it looks like. But we've only given up 43, which is second lowest in our division, with the Yankees giving up 37. Let's look at the standings. Toronto sits first with eight wins, five losses. Yankees sit second with seven wins and six losses. Tampa Bay sits third with seven wins and six losses. Boston sits six and seven uh, in fourth, and Baltimore four and nine. Would have loved to win today and just get like within a game of Boston, <laughs> just to maybe stress them out a bit. But yeah, n- not great. Not a great start here. So uh, who do we have coming up? Well, we have the Los Angeles Angels, as I mentioned before. They currently sit top of the West. This is a shocker. Most people thought Houston would run away with this again and that maybe Seattle would be in the hunt, right? 
Los Angeles Angels have eight wins and five losses and sit top of the West. Seattle, seven and five in second. Oakland in third with eight and six. Houston in fourth, six and six. And the Houston, uh, the, the Texas Rangers, two and nine. So we don't have the worst record in baseball. That goes to Texas. But, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, that and actually no, the best worst record is Cincinnati Reds two and eleven. Forgot about that. Texas Rangers are two and nine. They're the worst ones in the American League at least. So we face the L.A. Angels. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, right? Uh, I think Trout should be back for that. Let me see if I can get an update on that. So yesterday Trout was out of the starting lineup against the Astros. Um. Joe Madden said that Trout could possibly play on Friday when the Angels open a three-game series with Baltimore. Trout has tested his injured hand on Tuesday, and he took swings in an indoor cage at Minute Maid Park. So, yeah, he says pretty certain by Friday is what Joe Madden said. So that's looking like maybe Trout makes his uh, return here. Now, it doesn't look like we'll face Shohei Otani. He just pitched the other night, almost had a perfect game, had a perfect game into the sixth inning. So we shouldn't have to worry about Shohei Tani pitching. We're going to have to worry about him hitting. So we're going to look at the Angels uh, real quickly here before we head out and see, hey, let's see what they're they're looking like. So they've scored like 65 runs. And when when you look at the Orioles only scoring 28, that's going to be a problem. Right, Mike Trout is batting 267. Um, Tyler Wade batting 321. Shohei's only batting 236, but he's coming from uh, he's coming from like a a little bit of a slump that he was in when he was batting like 190 something. So he's been coming up, and he has three home runs and nine RBIs, which is the most home runs and the most RBIs on the Angels. So he's still a, a threat very much to worry about. Jared Walsh batting 281. Uh, Joe Adele, who's another rookie, batting 233. Anthony Rendon is only batting 200. Uh, they're, they're, uh, Brandon Marsh batting 323 in 11 games. That's pretty good. He's had 40 plate appearances. And a home run. He actually leads in RBIs, but uh, they have him as a uh, bench here on on there, but he does have a 40 plate appearances. That's pretty even with some of these guys out there. So pretty good. Um, let's look at their pitching. Show you Otani, of course. They also have Noah Syndergaard, who has two wins, uh, 159 ERA. Michael Lorenzen is one and one record. 482 ERA and Jose Suarez with a zero ERA. He's had one star, uh, two games started, and one loss record, no wins. You also have uh, Patrick Sandoval who has an ERA of zero with two games started, and Reed uh, Detmers who is on a 859 ERA, two games started. Let's see who the Orioles will be facing. It looks like it's going to be Detmers. All right, so maybe we can win that game. <laughs> maybe we can win that one. That's uh, Bruce Zimmerman, too, who's gone like nine innings without 
giving up a run, 10 strikeouts, 0 ERA for Bruce Zimmerman. Tyler Wade hits Bruce pretty well, though. He's 3 at-bats, got a hit. That's a 333 average. Now the Orioles have faced Reed Detmers. Um, so that's uh, that's first up here on Friday tomorrow. Bruce Zimmerman versus Reed Detmers. We have Saturday. So that game starts at 9.38 Eastern time. So we're back to the night games after having a 6 o'clock and a 3 o'clock. 9.07 start on Saturday. It's going to be Spencer Watkins versus Noah Syndergaard. That's going to be a tough one. Noah Syndergaard is going to be really tough. He's been pitching very well to start the season. So I'd be worried about that. And then the last game of the sets at 4.07 on Sunday. Chris Ellis on the mound projected against Jose Suarez. Uh, Anthony Santander hits him 500. He only had two at-bats, though. But he has an RBI against him. Robinson Chirinos has had four at-bats against Suarez and has a 250 average. Trey Mancini has gone 0 for 2. Rugnet Odor has gone 0 for 4. Against Chris Ellis, Joe Adele has batted 1,000 with one at-bat. Same thing with Brandon Marsh. He's got two RBIs. Shohei Itani is 0 for 2 against Chris Ellis. Max Stassi has one at-bat batting 1,000. Uh, 1, uh, Andrew Velasquez... 0 for 2, Tyler Wade 0 for 2, Jared Walsh 1 for 2 with an RBI. Like I said, we'll have to face Trout most likely as well. So where do we go after the Angels? Not that we're going to get too too far ahead of ourselves here. But uh, after the Angels, Orioles will have a day off on Monday. And then start a set against the Yankees in the Bronx, 7.05 on Tuesday. So we'll be getting ready to see the Yankees once again here after we finish up against the Angels. But hopefully everything goes well. <laughs> Look, uh, at this point I'm happy taking one out of three against the Angels with how things have been going. So hopefully we get the win against Detmers and... He's got a high ERA. Let's score some runs. Let's get the bats going. We have two hitting coaches. We should be able to figure out what is going on with the bats, right? Like That should be a thing. We shouldn't have to worry about that. But other than that, that that's all that I really have to say about, about these O's. It's, it's going to be a long season. We know that. We're used to that with how we're doing but at a certain point, there's got to be a period where we say, we just got to call somebody up from AAA or from um, from AAA or even AA. Jordan Westberg's been playing well. Kyle Stowers has been playing well. Like, let's bring up some people. Let's get the bats going. Or if we're not going to get the bats going, let's see some of the young guys start to get at bats here instead of, you know, Rugnet Adore or Chris Owings. But if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, it's at WarehouseWord, Facebook.com slash WarehouseWord, Instagram at WarehouseWord, and uh, email us wordfromwarehouse at gmail.com. And we will catch you next time.